on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, we are back, baby. We've got tales of France, tales of COVID, tales of the Pelicans, and the Saints are still alive. Of course, we've got your local news, and we've got traffic jams and protests inside of Cheesecake Factories. You're not getting that anywhere else in podcast land, so stick around right here, Polk and Kush. Come everyone to poke and cush. That's right, baby. We are back. Your national nightmare is over. Our two week break has come to an end polk is a man of mystery scott is a man of disease and we have made it through to the other side of 2022 welcome aboard mr andrew polk it is january 4th and it is damn good to be back i'm glad to be back you know we had a two-week vacation yes you spent that time <laughs> seriously ill <laughs> i spent that time in gay paris I uh I got I got out of Dodge for uh, Christmas. Yeah, I went to Paris with the lady. Yeah, we man. I think we were on the only flights <laughs> ever. <laughs> My sister texts me and she's like, "They just canceled two thousand flights." I'm like, "They don't have two thousand. There's no <laughs> two thousand. Please, are they canceling like the crop duster guys? <laughs> Randy Quaid can't fly up into the." Independence Day ship? There's no way there's 2,000. And then by the end of it, it was like COVID. It had quadrupled. They were like 6,000 flights have canceled. Yeah. We only had one canceled flight. Uh, we made it there. You know, I'm smoking on the airplane. <laughs> Air Perry. I was wearing two berets, dual bereting. It was beautiful. I had a great time. And I still kept up with New Orleans sports while I was there. Congratulations on that. Uh, did you see the Mona Lisa? No. The Louvre is insane. There yeah. was, uh, we, we had a couple of friends that were actually there at the same time. They went. It was an hour and a half to stand in line to take a selfie with the Mona Lisa. Oh, why would anyone do that? And, you know, the Mona Lisa is not that big. It's like a postage stamp. It's tiny. It's like, yeah, it's like a yard sign size. Yeah. Thing. But, you know, you always think of this as like a magnanimous piece of art. Yeah. And you get there and it's like, oh, that's just a poster from Spencer's. <laughs> it's like the uh, the mayoral sign that's the stop sign yeah. with the Chick-fil-A font. They should hang that in the loop. <laughs> in the New Orleans Louvre, <laughs> along with like Reznor's signature and the, the, the Wody whatever <laughs> the, the, that is all over the place. The Juan LaFonta billboard that's been in the middle of like Esplanade. After Ida, it was there for like three weeks. Just drive around it. Can you injure yourself on an injury attorney's billboard and then call that injury attorney... To to sue the billboard to, people? Yes, exactly. It would be the. I guess that would would that be ironic? I don't know. We need to ask Alanis. I'm not sure what her definition would be, but that seems to be yes. It's like I'd like to call Juan Lafonta because Juan Lafonta fell on top of me and broke my legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you had fun. I had a lot of fun. It was beautiful. It was fun. Uh, much needed traveling. It was expected amount of pain in the ass. Yeah. Like nothing. We were, uh, they checked our passports six times in the same airport coming back from Paris. Oh my God. By the sixth time I was like, how would I be here? How could I have gotten here? <laughs> how many layers of hell did you need me to get through? How many final bosses do I have to beat? I witnessed uh, just an ad for uh, safe sex in general. It was a 16 year old girl and she was wearing a beanie. And they uh, confiscated her vape pen, and she was like, I'm being profiled. I'm being profiled for wearing a beanie. And it's like, everyone here is wearing a beanie. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> she was like, it's not drugs. And, you know, they're like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But they're obviously in French saying, you can't have a vape on a plane. Yeah. It can explode or whatever. This Remember is the batteries? Thing. Yeah. This the is batteries a exploding. 
She, I'm sure she was understanding though. Yeah, she uh, she kept saying that she was going to get somebody fired, and it's like nobody's even working. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no one's working anywhere. Who are you the, going to get fired? They can't replace any of these people. They, no. they could punch you in the nose right now. They're really not <laughs> going to fire anybody. Nobody's in position to fire somebody. So it's a great time to be a worker for an airplane. But that was that was really the worst thing we saw traveling. There were babies strategically around the plane to keep us awake. That yeah, was fun. That's nice. You know, everybody's watching the Avengers movie. <laughs> that was my Christmas. How was yours? Uh, I had COVID, so I was... Uh, Did you ask for that? I, <laughs> I mean, it was... Uh, the pictures of Christmas 2021 are going to be me in a mask on the other side of the room. My kids as their opening presents. And they're running toward me, and I'm like slowly backing away from them. <laughs> I'm sure that won't scar them forever. <laughs> it's just like every picture is just me in a mask in the corner of the room, like waving as my wife calls every single person in her family on FaceTime because she's, you know, trying to have some sort of human contact on Christmas. Um, yeah, it was uh, intense. Uh, I don't do anything for New Year's, so that was nice. Uh, other than, you know, it sounded like Baghdad circa 2003 mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, you know, New Orleans. Every person apparently bought fireworks uh, in the entire metro area. <laughs> I don't remember there being quite this many fireworks before, but they were uh, ubiquitous and incessant, and everybody seemed to have a really good time, except for me. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't understand the adults that do the fireworks in the middle of the street. Yeah. You're going to Jason Pierre Paul yourself. Or you're going to light off. a tree on fire. I've seen it happen, and... If you light a tree on fire here, no one's ever going to put it out. It's just going to burn down the neighborhood. I, they started, honestly, they've been shooting off fireworks since I moved in here, from what it sounds like. That could be something else, potentially. But the fireworks actually started for me on the 30th, and they've sincerely been shooting fireworks up until yesterday. Oh, my God. Yeah. I guess when you you know take the bus to Slidell, <laughs> you're gonna buy as many fireworks as you can carry, and then you just shoot them off for the rest of the day. It was uh, one of my neighbors literally had a cigarette in one hand and lighting a firework in the other hand in the middle of the street, and I was like, "This is ridiculous, guys! <laughs> you couldn't wait till the cigarette was done." <laughs> Well, how else are you going to light it? I know. Yeah, that would have been even better. Uh, really, uh, New Year's Eve, one of those things. I I think I've belly ached on the program about it. Never quite understood the appeal of New Year's. Did you do the whole thing? Did you stay up? Did you party? No. Yeah. I um, was still jet lagging. I went to a, a get-together in Mid-City, and at like 11 o'clock, I was like, all right. Yeah. That's enough of this. I'm good. I think I was asleep by 12.01. New Year's is a great holiday for, what would you say, 10 to 25? Yeah, maybe like 28, 29. Yeah, you could push it. Depending on if you're single or not. Yeah, exactly. The and relationship New Year's, who cares? Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's just party church. Yeah. You're just putting on clothes and going to church. You just know it's a night that everyone you know is going to go out yeah. when you're in your 20s. So it's like, it's an easy thing. Um so anyway, you know, a bundle of joy that I am, uh, didn't do a damn thing. It was actually uh, a wonderful week to be, you know, not having to work that week and having your kids home and all that. It actually was a very nice experience holiday week, despite having COVID and I couldn't really do anything. But it was nice to have everybody home. It was nice to have a lot of family time. It was a, uh, a nice experience overall. But, you know, nothing to uh, to excite the podcast listeners, I suppose. We've also gotten to the point where I haven't asked you how you were, how you were feeling. <laughs> no one cares about no. COVID at all anymore. We all know what happened. You felt a little bad, and then you were okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened with you? Yeah. I felt a little bad. Taste? For, smell? Yeah. No, not at all. I just had a little... It was basically a cold. All right. And it was, you know, if it wasn't COVID, it would have just, my wife would have just been like, hey, asshole, stop feeling <laughs> sick and come out here and help me. Put together this power wheel. But instead, I, you know, rub my nose, some rub something in my nose, and then they were like, I was like, oh, I can't do anything. <laughs> Turns out you have to do everything for the next three days. Well, since we've been talking, the CDC has changed it to now, if you test positive, it doesn't matter. Just keep going to work. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, don't stop going to work. 
<laughs> I don't understand any of it. Um, in the meantime, what has occurred over the past oh two weeks that we talked, the Pelicans uh, are actually a respectable <coughs> organization. I wouldn't say they're great. I wouldn't say it's a uh, grand times are here again or start making your playoff plans. But I am. Uh, I I don't think you can be. Uh, embarrassed by this team and that is a nice step forward uh, considering where this team had been for prolonged portions of the season yeah the team has gotten better Um, in October they were one and six in November they were five and eleven and current and in December I think they ended seven and five January you know not off to a great start. Uh, yeah. the, uh, we've said repeatedly this team should be trending in the right direction. Yeah. I think they are. They're actually developing some younger players, sure. which we have not seen with the two draft picks who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> the roller coaster ride that is Nikhil Alexander Walker uh-huh. and Jackson Hayes continues to roller and coaster. Sure. It's nice to see some consistency with younger players like Herbert Jones. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Temple's not really young. He would, I would, I mean, <laughs> for the grand scheme of life, I suppose. Devontae Grant. It's just nice to see some fresh faces out there kind of caring and continually uh, becoming better as a team. It does seem that this team has a very high give a shit level. Uh, Jonas definitely is up there. Uh, Graham, like you said, Ingram, I feel like, is 100 times more locked in than he was last year. Uh, when these guys are all playing together, you do get the sense this team doesn't quit. They keep fighting. They do all those kinds of things. And, frankly, the bottom of the West is just really bad. Uh, Portland's bad. San Antonio's bad. Minnesota's bad. Like, there's a lot of bad teams. And obviously, the Houston, Oklahoma City are, are you know should not be very good because uh, they're not building for this year. The door is open. Uh, and and uh, that did not feel that way thanksgiving okay it felt like this team was about to bottom out and you're talking about you know a top five draft pick i think now the chances of them actually getting the 10 seed or at least be playing into the last couple weeks of the season zion or not and we'll get to that uh feels pretty high it feels like they are a team that has a pretty decent opportunity to make some noise yeah the 10th seed seems realistic currently i guess the question is does it matter Is it a goal that they should be shooting for, or should we just continue to watch this team and be satisfied that they are pretty fun to watch? It's really a weird thing, right? It feels like they're very irrelevant right now. I don't know why. I think it's because the focus on Zion is completely gone, which means there's no mainstream coverage whatsoever. Yeah, There's no no one is talking about the Pelicans on really any level other Mm. than locally. So the, maybe that took some of the pressure off the team, sure. and then they started performing better once they were able to get over this unnecessarily dramatic Zion-sized hole yeah. uh, that is the only thing anyone can focus on. Now it, they're playing better, and no one cares. Yeah, I mean, even locally, it feels like they're just sort of slipped. They're playing significantly better, but it's almost like them playing so bad at least had them. That was like a story that they sucked so bad. And that the Zion thing was going sideways and, and that was, you know, it was something to talk about and something to, to bring up. Now it's like they're playing OK. They're playing, you know, better. And it's just not that mu- they just seem like they don't exist to a large degree here, which is weird. They've had some pretty good crowds. It's not as if it's been like completely empty in there every night. Uh, that Cleveland game in particular was like a lot of fun. But it, it really does seem like everyone is just sort of disconnected from the NBA right now as a whole. I don't know. It's just because, you know, bowl season and, uh, you know, the NFL kind of heading toward its playoffs. Or if it's, I mean, have you watched any NBA? The COVID thing is a joke. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said it seems like the team doesn't exist right now. And I think that's a fair point because we are so used to the team existing only in the low of lows and in the incredibly dramatics. Yes. This is a team right now that's playing fine. Um, They have enough players. Willie Green is doing a great job, and they have the uh, currently, you know, the record that they should, a little under. Yeah. But 
there's nothing crazy happening. No, it's like a very ho-hum. And I think that's why they're not existing for New Orleans right now, because they're just playing like a regular, normal <laughs> basketball <laughs> they team. Are. They're just a nondescript basketball team. And, uh, and a lot of the opponents they're playing have COVID issues, too. And <clears throat> the league is just a mess right now. Like, night to night, the results don't feel like they carry any significance because half the roster could be out for one team out of nowhere. You know, you just show up to the arena and five of the seven best players are missing. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to play this game. So the upsets don't feel like upsets. The big wins don't feel like big wins. Like nothing, just everything feels a little empty uh, right now. And I think the league is trying to push through this. They don't want to stop because they don't know when they can restart which I always felt was the biggest mistake in 2020 was like they never had a metric for returning. So they had to do all the bubble stuff and everything. I think right now they are just trying to keep playing. And as long as they keep playing, they will not have to stop. And they will, they just want to get to the playoffs sometime. Yeah. And they've done a good job of that. Uh, you know, but you might go to a game and air bud is out there. <laughs> I mean, Bugs bunny. I mean, Joe Johnson got signed by the Celtics. Like there's, there are guys who are just, haven't played in years out there playing games right now. This is a big opportunity for the big three. Yes, the farm farm it's, system. It's, it's time to finally merge the leagues. <laughs> like in semi-pro. Yes. Yeah, you're going to have Master P out there at some point. Why not? I, it really is. Uh, you, you don't know who is going to be out there for any of these teams. Well, yeah, I've been, I've been getting, I still get the emails from the Pelicans saying like, hey, only $500 to come see the Nets play. Yeah. I'm like, it's $12 to come see the Nets play. But I understand. But it's also like, I don't want to go see, you know, I go see the Nets. I want to see KD. He exactly. Might, who knows who's who going to be out there? I'm going to see Brian Scalabrini <laughs> and the lucky dog guy out there. I watched Christmas Day and I was like, this is a, a like, it was just a bad product. Yeah. I was like, this is like, I don't know who any of these guys are. The Lakers are playing with God knows who, and the Nets were playing, like Harden was there with four scrubs, and I was like, this is terrible. Like, this is Christmas Day, and uh, it just feels like to a large degree that people are, are just sort of writing the NBA off until things become a little more normalized, and I think they will at some point. This is like all a very challenging period for the league, uh, and at the same time, here, the Pelicans have normalized themselves into the, this weird norm core of like, <laughs> oh, they're just a normal, below average basketball team. And they're going to, you know, beat bad teams. They're going to lose to good teams. And, you know, they might settle into the 10 seed. Like, what could, what could be a more boring storyline <laughs> than that? I think uh, interest, of course, will uptick if the Pelicans start buzzing around the 10 spot a little more yeah. Zion or not. Uh, but as far as just like casual NBA fans caring about it, I don't, I don't know if bowl season has anything to do with it. I think it's just COVID and holidays. And yeah. Not knowing who anybody out there is, is you know, that's, of course, a factor. But there's yeah. just a lot going on right now. And these games are... You know, people care about the playoffs. Th these these games don't matter. They don't matter. It's very hard to watch. It really is. I mean, like, I actually have an all-star vote again this year. And I was like, uh, I haven't watched an NBA game. Except for Christmas Day, I have like have not watched a regular NBA game in weeks. Because once all the COVID stuff started, I was like, I'm not going to watch this shit. I was like, this gave me nothing. Yeah. I only had half the rosters. I was watching Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to deny Batman Returns for me to watch the Pelicans lose to the Timberwolves. I've watched The Grinch 100,000 times on YouTube. Uh, yeah, man. I, I don't think it's... Again, like, we're saying this in a way that makes it sound bad. I, it's not bad. It's just blah. Like, it's it's there's there's kind of nothing to be upset about. There's nothing to be thrilled about but i think the pelicans have positioned themselves to where the spring could be meaningful that is important that is nice to have uh but as the schedule gets really hard here uh as we are currently watching the pelicans are down 13 in the third quarter lost to utah last night they have the warriors on thursday this is a very challenging stretch they have coming up i could see a bunch of losses pile up here but that's still really doesn't change the dynamic of where they are all that much. Right. Uh, yeah, very tough stretch coming up. 
Uh, they lost to the Bucks. They lost to the Jazz. The Jazz were shooting out of their minds. Yeah. The Pelicans were shooting they very poorly. Yeah. We currently have the Suns game on, and the last I saw, the Pelicans were shooting like 27%, and it looked like the Suns were shooting 50%. <laughs> I mean, it's every night against good I mean, they're good teams, man. It's just what it is. Um, but, all right, well, we will uh, we'll take a quick break. And we'll come back and we'll talk about the Saints. We, of course, have local news. We've got segments. So much. Stick around. We've missed you. We'll be right back. Polk and Kush. Ale on Oak, everyone. The finest patio bar in all of Uptown. A lovely place to hang out with our brisk Cool weather, a wonderful place to get beer and food and hang out with your friends and watch football and the Pelicans and everything in between. Ale on Oak Street. That's our favorite bar. Polk, have you had an opportunity to go to Ale lately? Every chance I get. <laughs> they oh. didn't have one in Paris. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Paris when I'm in Ale on Oak. I don't know if it's the over 30 beers on tap. Maybe it's the abundance of televisions showing local sports teams. Currently tonight, they're showing LSU and Kansas State. Yeah. Games. And the Pelicans. They're showing the Pelicans. And they've got Hot Wings, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. And they've got the real deal. Not the little microwave, mm-hmm. Applebee. These are the real deal. You'd find these in Buffalo. That's, yes. They got hot wings. They got hot ladies. Oh, just yeah. like in Paris. When hot we're there, guys. Hot yeah. guys. <laughs> it is a place to see, to see and be seen. You know, people... It's the holidays, or I guess it was. The it holidays. was January fourth. Isn't people really a holiday are, anymore. People are lonely around this time. Maybe you're on the apps. Maybe you're on Tinder, and you don't know what to say, or you don't know what to where to go. Yeah. Say, hey, listen, lady or fella, <laughs> why don't you meet me over at Ale on Oak? That's right. Because then you've got food. Uh huh. You've got beverage. You've got you've got TV ex- to distract ex- yourself ex- with. Exactly. <laughs> You have patio. You can be safe. You can be six feet away. You can wear a mask. And when you get done with the bar life, maybe you can walk up and down Oak and catch a show. Yeah. Fall in love, ale on Oak. Sounds like it. And if you're there on January 6th, you can walk down to the streetcar line a block away and see the goofy streetcar parade, whatever that one's called, the funny 40 fellas or whatever, the start of Mardi Gras run by, you know, those clowns that get on the streetcar and... uh, and officially start Mardi Gras. So lots of events happening at Ale on Oak. You were going to want to check it out. A lot of sports going on. Of course, you've got the Saints on Sunday against the hated Atlanta Falcons. You'll want to be there early, and you'll want to be there so you can have at least 100 beers with Polk and scream at the television. He does not watch the Saints with less than 10 beers in his gullet. True. And uh, this will be no different. Probably the last game of the season, so you're not going to want to miss out on Spaceman Polk riding around in his rocket ship at Ale on Oak. That is a sponsor. Oh, I'm, maybe I'll get on the float with the 40 guys. Jan- no, January 6th, I'll be at the Capitol. Oh. Is that That's what, the is reason. That what the capital was? That was the forty-five. That was the start of Mardi Gras. Latoya canceled Mardi Gras, and then all of those dipshits all went up to Washington D.C. to yell at the president. If they'd uh, had a thing to do, they wouldn't have been there. Exactly. If the funny forty, you can't tell me. You know, sliding doors moment. You cancel funny forty fellows. There's an insurrection. I mean. Is causation exactly, you know, hard we'll to say. See. Hard we'll to, we'll see. see. If there's not an insurrection this year and there is Funny 40 Fellows, then we'll have some pretty good evidence <laughs> as to why that didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be the late, the longest regular season in NFL history. We're in early January. This would normally be playoff time. And the Saints find themselves in uh, a bit of a playoff. So for those keeping track at home, the Saints have to beat the Falcons on Sunday and have to have the 49ers lose to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Rams. 
And if that occurs, the Saints will get the seven seed to which they can get, uh, you know, the shit kicked out of them in the postseason, uh, which will be enjoyable. Also um, by the Rams. Also <laughs> by the Rams. Uh, and so, you know, it, this is the situation where they're in. It's nice that they're playing for something in the last game of the season. Yeah, I think that's what we all wanted. No, <laughs> not really. Yeah. Can the Rams retire another Saints quarterback? Because <laughs> I think that's what we'll see. Uh, I was at the Carolina game, last home game of the season. I was in a suite, living the sweet life. Oh, baby. You know, I was cleaning up after everyone. <laughs> but I got to peek out at the field every now and then. Uh, the game was, it was fun. I mean, I guess it was nice to be there. Yeah. It was not a well-played football game. No, it wasn't. Um, the season's almost over. We've said what we can say. The saints have no weapons. Yeah. It's a clown show. The offensive line is a clown show. Joke. Taysom Hill is a man who plays football. (laughs) My uh, New Year's resolution was not to be negative, <laughs> by the way. We should uh, change the format of the show. I didn't even... I thought it was Ian Book out there for half an hour. <laughs> I couldn't see. I was wearing two masks. Um, look, the Saints are... Pro- this. I don't know if the Saints are going to come out on the other side of victory in Atlanta. Mm. A team with a quarter... Matt Ryan's healthy, correct? He doesn't have COVID. Who He's knows? alive. Who knows? Anything can change. A team with a quarterback seems like they would beat the Saints. Yes. Any team with a quarterback. Yes. Literally any. Yeah. That seems accurate. So I don't know how good the Saints... <laughs> I think percentage-wise for the gamblers out there, it's 35% odds... To make the playoffs? The Rams, the Rams need to win. They need to clinch that seed. Yeah, and they are playing for something. The Rams yeah. have to win uh, or the Cardinals lose. But it's all going on at the same time. But they have to win to clinch the division. So they are playing for something. How long can the Saints go without scoring a touchdown? It was, they, they went, what, 10, 11 quarters? Uh, it was ridiculous, man. I mean... Again, like the Ian, I got in a Twitter fight with some guy who kept telling me I was an asshole for saying Ian Book was bad. And they're like, no, you have no idea. I was like, no, he wasn't good. Like, you can, you can tell me that you can't judge him for that. Uh, you can't tell me he played well. <laughs> All right? Like, the absence of anything else around him doesn't mean he played well. It means that he wasn't maybe the only problem. Uh, But he will probably, if I were to bet my life on it, I would say he never takes another NFL snap in a meaningful game ever again. He's the fourth string quarterback on a pretty bad team. That's not, you know, an outlandish thing to say. And then Taysom went in there and at least he was able to do some stuff. I mean, Carolina is not good at all, but he was able to do enough to kind of get some first downs he clearly has problems throwing the saints i've never seen a team in my life where when they handed the ball off it was an automatic loss of yards (laughs) automatic i don't know how many beers deep you were but every single time they handed it off it would they lost a yard or two yeah poor camara man and they had to keep doing it, I guess, to keep the defense honest, and they weren't going to throw over the top because then they would have gotten intercepted, and that was the only thing they really couldn't do. But it was, I mean, the run game was an actual abomination to football. Right. I was worried that Kamara's going to get hurt. Yeah. Running like that. You know, he's not a bulldog running back like that. No. Clown. Something's going to give yeah. at some point. Uh, the Saints have a lot of holes to fill. <laughs> I mean, there it's... It is incredible. Now, they are, number one, they are hurt. Number two, there's COVID. And number three, they're bad. And so which one of those three on the offense do you fix and are fixable? Like, uh, if, if, this, if this offense was completely healthy, would they be good? And I don't know that the answer to that. Like, we obviously don't know about Michael Thomas, but there's so many pieces that have been missing at various times. I think Marquez Callaway, Marquez Callaway, has shown himself to be a viable NFL receiver. He had the most memorable catches in the game. Sure. All two of them. <laughs> I think he's I don't think he's great. I think he's viable. Uh, I think whoever's on the offensive line, including Cesar Ruiz, who was a first round pick, uh, they have to 
scrap it except for the tackles and even really Ram Chicken McCoy are fine and everybody else. I think it's time to move on and you got to restart it. And I don't know what you have to restart it with. I don't know who you trade. I don't know what you do. But like this offense is a disaster. And I do on some level, does it worry you about Sean Payton that like this is the first year we've really had to see what he looks like with a makeshift offense and they're they suck they're like probably the worst offense in the nfl a lot of times and caesar ruiz has really just been this year's clown on the saints just awful <laughs> he has to be so pissed he hasn't gotten hurt <laughs> <laughs> and he really he really stole the clown valor from troutman <laughs> and from anders pete <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's terrible. There were t- there were two guys in front of me on the on the escalator in Troutman jerseys. And I was like, "What <laughs> is that? Your last name? Are those customized jerseys?" And you, they have to be. They look pretty tall. I'm presuming they were relatives. I'm assuming they were his family. Yes. <laughs> I was shocked. I like said something out loud, and they like turned around. I'm like, well, they're still yeah. six foot four, <laughs> tall white gentlemen in trout man jerseys. I'm pretty confident. I uh, yeah, we had a suspect there. Look, I'm I'm not scared about uh you know Sean Payton dealing with this uh, ragtag group of misfits. Uh, You know, the money always finds a way with the Saints. Unknown players step up whenever there's a quarterback. I think if you want to talk about what-ifs and who's-its and what's-its, if the team had remained healthy, and that includes Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston, how many of these bad games have been pretty winnable? Yeah. The, The Saints would have... Two or three more wins. Would they would they be sham wins? Would this be a not very good team going to the playoffs? Sure. Probably. But right now they are without a question the worst team possibly going to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's true. And mostly because the quarterback situation and the offensive line situation. I mean, that is it the defense is still legitimately good. And I think that's in a lot of ways it's a role reversal for the Saints, right? Where they always had this great offense. And they would kind of hang around in a lot of these seasons, even though their defense had tons of holes and was just, you know, a joke a lot of the weeks. And now it's like this defense is still loaded, like from when they were really good those last three years. So many of those pieces are still there. And I mean, the way you saw the way they harassed Sam Darnold late in the game, I mean, it was incredible the way that defensive line can play. But when you don't have a quarterback, it's like, what is what is the what is the maximum output? Your ceiling is so low when your quarterback is so flawed. And uh, I don't know what it would look like with Jameis, but with Taysom, I just don't think you could do a whole lot. I do think it'd be an accomplishment to see them in the postseason. It just doesn't seem like it's going to matter. Like they, Maybe they could win a playoff game. Like I'm not putting it past them. Shit happens in the NFL, uh, but it would be really... It'd be a stretch. I think they'll be a huge underdog if they do make it. And, of course, absolutely, it would be the defense uh, winning any playoff games for the Saints. Yes. Uh, You know, we were critical early in the season of Cam Jordan. Where is Cam? Cam's a ghost. Cam has shown back up, and I think that deserves uh, some praise. This defense is a completely different team with him playing like he has been. He's been playing... Honestly, since he got to the Pro Bowl, he's been playing like a Pro Bowler. Before that, not so much. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a little motivation there. This team is also a completely different uh, team with CD Deuce on the field. CD Deuce, look, there's a couple guys who the Saints have to they have to have on the field on defense, and guys who I think you really can kind of build around. Uh, and one of these is going to be a name that is going to shock you that I'm going to say it because I have shit on him for a long time. Marcus Davenport has been great. Yeah. Great. Uh, he's been really, really good. Quan Alexander is awesome, and CD Deuce is awesome. And those three guys, and Marcus Williams from time to time can be that guy, but those three guys on the field make this team really good, and they're young enough, and they're just you know affordable enough that I think you can build a defense like to the next generation with those three guys. And that's the thing that I did not think would happen. I thought this Saints defense would basically get like once DeMario and Cam Jordan are, are basically washed up and Lattimore, uh, you're completely fucked. And they're not. I don't think they're like that anymore. I think they've got some guys in that mid-level now 
who they had gotten gutted, like losing Trey Hendrickson really hurt in the right. offseason. There are things like that that are really hard to replace, but they did a really nice job getting those guys. They have to go do that on the offense, though, because the offense, them never finding a receiver this season is such a pox on them, them not being able to replace someone as crappy as Jared Cook. They could not replace him. Uh, the the Obviously, the interior linemen and the depth in the line are horrific. Uh, there's so many holes to fill on this team, but they are in the mix. We are going to watch them Sunday, and the game does count. So I, I guess we call it a win. I guess we call it a wash of a season. This is kind of where we all expect it to be. But, yeah, when you say they beat the Buccaneers twice and beat the Packers, and here they are, like, needing another team to lose in order to make the playoffs as the seventh seed, it kind of feels a little empty. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a less than satisfying season, but you know it's just because we're pretty spoiled. Yeah, but it also you could feel that dome on Sunday was nowhere near what it usually is in a regular season game that matters. Oh no, I it mean it dead. it was half full even like through the second quarter. It was dead yeah. too. Like there was no energy on defense. There was no energy. Like it was it felt like a preseason game. And again, I, I brought a- my kids. That's how much it felt like a preseason <laughs> game. You know, like it was just one of those. I, there was empty seats everywhere and it was easy to get in and out. It was kind of nice. Like yeah. I enjoyed it, uh, but it did not have the intensity of a, of a Saints game that mattered. Yeah, I walked in and out of that place with a gun. <laughs> no. Of course not. I, uh, I was up in the, you know, the fancy seats uh-huh. with, the, with the rich, the famous, the powerful, people that I relate to. Sure. You yes. were down there with your kids, yeah. you know, playing ring toss or whatever. <laughs> so we don't really, people like us, we don't cheer. We don't. We, we just were, observe. We heard about the game in between martinis <laughs> in the Oshnerd Super Lounge. We heard there was a ruffian sport being played down below. No, but for people in the suites don't really wild out. No. There was like one guy that was, and everybody was like, uh-oh. Uh, that guy. <laughs> party foul. He it, cares about the game. He won the raffle at the Christmas party. That's why he's here. He's like in the jersey yelling. Everybody else is in Oxford and khakis. And yeah. look, I'm a man of the people. All the Polk and Kush fans know it. But sure. this guy had mud on his boots. <laughs> I was like, dude. How many how many beers were consumed in the suite? By me or everyone? By you. Uh I think I I think I hit around eight. <laughs> That's the big boys too, right? That's like the full bottles, right? Like the, uh, it's the regular bottle regular that bottle. you get like okay. at a bar. Like at a bar. Got it. So it's glass, right? Seven or eight, yeah, glass. Okay. okay. I was up dangerously high with a bunch of glass. <laughs> uh well I'm glad, you know. It was a uh, it was a nice end to a horrific home schedule, with the exception of the Buccaneers game. Every other game sucked ass <laughs> at home, so it was nice to at least have that uh, in the dome, and we have a nice memory to go off of. Uh, and that's a nice memory of our Saints segment for today. So we're gonna shift gears into a little bit of local roundup. <laughs> this one comes straight out of Baton Rouge. Mall of Louisiana Santa photo lands one man in jail. (laughs) This is pretty funny. It's a photo of two gentlemen with uh, large stacks of cash. And they're standing next to a mall Santa who's just sitting there being a mall Santa. And this guy's he's doing... I do this sometimes with like a beer bottle or a banana where Uh I'll act like I'm on the phone. Yeah. He's doing that with about (laughs) $8,000. You know, ring, 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 banana phone, but he has $10,000 in unmarked bills. A man who was shown in a Santa photo at the mall in Louisiana in which the man appears to be holding a gun. I didn't even see. Oh, yeah, there's a gun. Yowzer. Uh, has to be, has been apprehended on an outstanding warrant from the state of Texas, the Baton Rouge Police Department said Friday. The photo shows two men holding large amounts of cash, posing with Santa (laughs) inside the mall located on Blue Bonnet Boulevard in Baton Rouge. One of the men appears to be holding a gun. He does not appear to be. He He is. is. That is a uh, gun. (laughs) We all know what a gun looks like. It is, is in fact, a gun. This is why Santa's not smiling. (laughs) We should say what appears to be Santa rather than what appears to be a gun. (laughs) (laughs) This is every... This is like... The fantasy of like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes and Bart Simpson 
hold up Santa with a gun, steal all the toys. <laughs> the photo was circulated on social media with some questioning mall management about their security measures. Look, if you've been to the mall, Louisiana, there's no security measures. <laughs> no. It's take what you want and leave. Yes. Uh, how in the world would you allow something like this to even take place in the middle of your mall? Asked one person who had definitely never been to this mall before. <laughs> Do you know what takes place in this mall? This is the most wholesome thing that's happened in this mall. <laughs> the mall has had stickers on the doors of their entrances for many years indicating that guns are not allowed inside. <laughs> well, I can't believe that didn't stop them. I, I noticed while flying there was a sticker on the airplane that said, please do not hijack the airplane. And I bet that saved a lot of lives. <laughs> Baton Rouge police say the man wanted on a warrant from Texas is being held in an East Baton Rouge Parish prison until he can be extradited to the state on charges of aggravated assault as well as a parole violation. Surprise. Well, I know what he's asking Santa for. Yeah. <laughs> can I get my gun back? Yeah. Can I get a bail? <laughs> Oh, that's not all the fun. Uh, we also had a great story out of Lakeview. Uh, basically, every guy you've ever seen at Parlays. Uh, Friend of the show. <laughs> it turns out. Those liars. They changed my song on the jukebox. <laughs> and then they tweeted and said they didn't. It, it turns out that Parlays, I actually don't know if the guy came from Parlays, but he definitely he came, came from Parlays. Well, allegedly he came, yeah. <laughs> so it's basically every uh, drunk white kid you've ever seen after a Saints game wearing a Camara jersey. Uh, and he is described as a 21-year-old, 5'11 with a medium build and classic white guy. He hit a police officer with a metal chair like Stone Cold Steve Austin outside of uh, 800 block of Harrison Avenue. The man, uh, apparently, they don't know exactly what happened, but he struck the police officer at 1.20 in the morning. Uh, what do you think could have occurred here that made this gentleman pick up a metal chair and hit the cop with it, making the dumbest decision of his life. I'm looking at this picture. This kid looks like Stone Cold Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> For, I'm sure this was... A kid like this will attack a police officer because his dad is a cop. Uh -huh. His dad is a sheriff. Uh -huh. His dad is a judge. Or a lawyer. Something along those lines. Yeah. I'm sure he... The cop probably was like, hey, don't pee on that. Uh -huh. And the guy was like, do you know who I am? Yeah. I'm uh, Sting. I couldn't think of another wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most generic Jesuit alumni who's inside of this bar wearing an Alvin Kamara jersey. Did they release his name? I want to guess. It. I didn't see it. I'm guessing it's Cody. Probably yeah. with like two eyes. Uh... <laughs> the unknown suspect? Well, yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna have to arrest everyone at Parlays. Yeah, he's a Capasig. He went. Yeah, uh, no, dude, it is just a classic picture of this kid who's just like you know when you picture uh, someone getting in a fight with the cops, not what you picture uh, in, in in terms of that, and hitting him with a metal chair. <laughs> Like it's out of, uh, you know, pro wrestling, just incredible. What this, a sequence this, of events. This appears to be body camera footage, too. So this is the one time the cop's body camera <laughs> was working and they immediately turned in the footage. Every other time there's some snafu where it doesn't work quite right. Uh, dude, uh, that's it's just a great story. It made me laugh very hard. Of all the stories with the NOPD that are just horrific, uh, that one just made me laugh. It kind of uh, looks endlessly. like uh, it kind of looks like he um, like that kid just ran out of ideas. Oh yeah, he just like they said something. He saw red. He was drunk as shit. He'd probably been out for fourteen hours, and he just picked up a chair because it was the closest thing to him. This, uh, we love it when you send them in. Send them in to polkandkush at gmail.com. Uh, friend of the show, Seth G, sent this one in. Yeah. Comes from Yahoo. Shreveport attorney explains that the IRS says stolen property and bribes must be reported as income. 
If you stole something in 2021, you only have a few days to return it or else claim it as income on your taxes. This tax provision is both remarkable and surprising, said Royal Alexander, a Shreveport attorney. Literature provided by the IRS states that any income from illegal activities, such as money from dealing drugs, must be included in your income taxes. This includes stolen property. <laughs> Free boat if you turn in your gun. <laughs> uh, the property must be reported at its fair market value in your income in the year it was stolen, unless it is returned to the rightful owner in that same year. So they're expecting people to put on their taxes income stole jewels yeah. worth $90,000. I'm going to get taxed in the 30% bracket. Yeah. All those jewel thieves. Thomas Crown, when he pays his taxes, it's like rupees, emeralds, cocaine. I stole a Fabergé egg. I owe 40% of the value on this to the government. I guess the, the loophole here is return your goods, like steal them, use them for a while, and then return them within the year, and you don't have to pay taxes on them. So then it's a good point. People are getting carjacked all the time here. You get your car stolen. Maybe somebody just keeps it for 364 days and then gives it back to you. <laughs> that's, that's the loophole. <laughs> I guess. I keep reading about getting carjacked. I'm just preparing. For, I think when I get carjacked, I'm going to carjack somebody since there's no consequences. Just on the way, on the way back. Yeah, yeah. I'll like I'll hitchhike and be like, hey, I just got carjacked. And then I'll throw them out of the car. <laughs> There's no consequence. I might as well get a car. It's the paying it forward. Yeah. Uh, paying it backward. You know, whatever. Uh, so whatever you stole, uh, you know, you downloaded uh, the Green Mile. <laughs> you took an umbrella from the can at the hotel. Uh, you know, you filled up the water cup with Coke. Report it. Report it. Oh, that takes us in to your favorite part of every single week, ladies and gentlemen. Segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated and overrated. Feel free to email them, tweet them in at Polk and Kush on Twitter, polkandkush at gmail.com. Overrated. I got one for you. Connectivity. Overrated? Overrated. I didn't have phone service. They don't have cricket in <laughs> France. Can you believe it? Brutal. They don't have cricket over there, so I was cut off from the world, and it was amazing. Yeah? There's, uh, you ever used a map? Have you used a map in the last 10 years? Like a paper map? Yeah. No. Well, me neither, but I thought it would sound cool to act like I had. <laughs> An I <atlas>. did. <laughs> Random McNally. <laughs> yeah, I have a compass. No, I still use my phone. I, uh, but what I did that was cool, it's a feature that you can take advantage of. You can download maps on Google Maps before you go places. So if you don't have reception, you can still use GPS to get around. Sure. I did that the whole time we were there. We're navigating subway systems. We're going to Denny's, IHOP, Burger King. We're finding all this stuff with ease. And uh, my phone is not dinging with the incessant group chats. Sure. My mother asking if I'm dead. <laughs> all these horrible things that ruin my day. No one, no one at work is, hey, did you steal a bunch of bottles of water? And copper. Yeah. <laughs> just the little foibles of life you can avoid and i felt more connected to reality yeah i felt more connected to my partner uh -huh. and i did not know that covid19 exists that's a very nice thing if you're not looking at a screen there is no pandemic <laughs> that is true that is true you wouldn't really know especially because you know like nobody wears a mask anymore so it's you know it's pretty easy um i'll quickly go into my underrated uh going to the movies alone when's the last time you went to the movies alone uh i saw the movie nobody uh, maybe last bit about a year ago okay i went to go see the house of gooch have you seen the house of gooch <laughs> mama mia <laughs> gucci uh it's a good movie it's not a great movie it's a good movie uh i went alone on a weekday and i had an awesome time 
<laughs> it was so quiet. The screen is so big. The acting was very good. It was just like a little <laughs> world of itself. And I just hadn't, I don't think I'd been to the movies since 2019. Uh, I, it was wonderful. And Which theater? Uh, Palace in Elmwood. Oh, very nice. Yeah, there was maybe two other people, three other people in the whole theater. Uh, it was, I, I actually, I saw Clifford with my kids, so that didn't count. They just right. ran in circles around the theater the whole time. So <laughs> it was the first movie, real person movie I've been to. Uh, Clifford was fucking awful, by the way. Oh, was Don't it? go see Clifford. Uh, it doesn't have Lady Gaga going, <laughs> I'm making a pizza. <laughs> Lady Gaga. I didn't know. I figured I would know what was going to happen. I was like, oh, this is a real newsworthy thing. I would have known. I had no goddamn idea of any of that story. The so, story of Gucci? Of Gucci. I didn't know any I of it. I don't know. It was, I know. So you should watch a movie. It's really good. Okay. Uh, it's, a very inter- it's a much more interesting story than I uh, assumed it would be. Let's put it that way. So anyway. Going to the movies alone, phenomenal. House of Gooch, good. Adam Driver, I think he's my favorite actor now. Yeah? I think I'm all in on Adam Driver at this point. Oh, uh, we got Marriage Story. We got Star Wars, the, the, the television show Girls. Yeah, have you seen The Report? No. It's a movie about like uh, CIA torture in the uh, Iraq War. It's on Prime. Mm. Highly recommended as well. He's very good in that. It's Excellent. a little dense of a movie, but it's very good. Um, that takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. The worst. The worst thing I saw or read this week. Uh, this comes from The Hill. Anti-vaccine protesters arrested in New York during organized sit-in at Cheesecake Factory and Applebee's. (laughs) Six men at a Cheesecake Factory and four people at an Applebee's. I like that gender-inclusive language. Oh, yes. Six men at Cheesecake, four people at Applebee's in a mall in Queens were arrested Tuesday evening during a sit-in to protest against indoor dining coronavirus vaccine mandates in New York City. I would... I like some of this. I would sit inside an Applebee's in protest, but it would be in protest that Applebee's is considered dining. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I would storm the capital of Cheesecake Factory to say that it's not good. <laughs> I would have no political points, but I would burn down an Olive Garden to tell you that it's not an appropriate place to make a marriage proposal. That's true. That's true. A group of protesters entered the Cheesecake Factory. Is there a better start to anything? <laughs> what Mad Lib is that? <laughs> a group of blank I'll tell you entered what, a blank? A group of armed protesters <laughs> entered the Cheesecake Factory would be better. And refused to show a proof of vaccination. I don't believe that they asked for one. When a restaurant employee asked them to do so, as mandated by the city, the men breeze. So I read that weird. The men breeze past the host stand and seated themselves in violation of the mandate. They were asked to leave by some 16-year-old who wants to go home. Mm-hmm. And when they refused. <laughs> The Cheesecake Factory called the Cheesecake Police. (laughs) (laughs) Then YPD responded to the scene. How the fuck can... Uh, What is going on in New York where the NYPD can respond to this? (laughs) My neighbor's house is on fire right now, and the police won't be here for a week. And in New York, they've got so many policemen that they're just going to every Applebee's or somebody's causing a dust up. That's got to be every Applebee's. You would think. Maybe they're just on patrol around the rest. You know, some guy, it's like, you know, Felden, you take Cheesecake Factory tonight. I'm going to be on the Chili's block. We know this is where the disgruntled hang out. They responded <laughs> to the scene. And the police told the protesters to leave. They refused. The NYPD then arrested six of about 30 people who were in the group and charged them with criminal trespassing, in parentheses, at a cheesecake factory. (laughs) 
What are you in here for? I was criminally trespassing. Oh, like at the Capitol? No, it was a cheesecake factory. You know that place where you can get a cheesy bites? Yeah, that's where I made my statement about mankind. Uh, one of the anti-vaccine protesters compared the NYPD to Nazis. Yeah, oh, there we go. That's surprising. <laughs> and said, we're going to sue every last one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> While also comparing the vaccine mandate to segregation. Man, they're really hitting the bingo card of yeah. uh, overreaction. People in the protest claimed that they were being discriminated against. One Ooh. bartender said that he would serve them, but his superiors told him not to. And an anti-vaccine protester replied, the Nazis were just following orders. Oh, As God. punishment for their crimes, the protesters now have to dine at Applebee's. <laughs> Isn't that from Office Space? The like the Nazis made you wear pieces of flair. <laughs> like, dude, the immediate... how do you feel about that as a Jew? How do you feel about it as a human being with a brain? <laughs> like, let's stop until they are pushing millions of people of one ethnicity into gas chambers and murdering them. Also a cheesecake factory. Stop comparing people to Nazis for the love of God. It is like the easiest comparison to anything that's bad. You just immediately say Nazi. It's not good. And let's just that just immediately ruins your argument every single time. Are the vaccine mandates overkill in some cases? Sure. And you can say that, and you can even say that it's bullshit, that you have to deal with it. But come on, man. You're going to segregation, and we're going to Nazis. That's where we're turning to. You can't go to a cheesecake factory, bruh. It's not like you, <laughs> not like you can't. You're going to get redlined out of housing. Yeah. Come on. Oh, man. People are just have no appreciation for you know the moment that they're in. Now, if this was somewhere good. If this was La Petite Grocery, I understand. <laughs> if this was Plucks, I just went there. The rabbit confit was amazing. Uh -huh. If this was a good restaurant, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Applebee's? No. No, yeah. It is. Uh, there also has to be, by law, another Applebee's within like a mile. And they probably don't check. Probably. So you could have just done that. They probably never check unless you come in with 30 people and you're all wearing Let's Go Brandon shirts. That's probably the only time they check. And all high five each other and saying Let's Go Brandon every minute and a half. And yelling at the hostess that you don't have vaccines because you don't participate in tyranny. Uh, look. We could all disagree about things, and I'm, I, I've listened to enough people who don't believe in the mandates, and I get it, uh, but just don't be an asshole. I, I just don't see how that's... Let's just live by that rule, right? Let's just not be assholes. That seems like a pretty straightforward way to handle the world. Except when recording this podcast. Well, yeah, of course. Well, that's, you know, it's a great time to be. It's a it's perfect opportunity to be an asshole. It's basically <laughs> inviting to be an asshole. This is a safe space for assholes. <laughs> Apple, we, we don't do this in public. We don't do this at Applebee's. Uh, we don't do it at Cheesecake Factory. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, so I will do my worst as well. For those of you who haven't uh, seen this story, it is uh, truly remarkable. Uh, in Virginia, they're actually like having meetings in D.C. pretty soon about it because in D.C., or right outside of it in Virginia, uh, a winter storm snarled traffic and left drivers stranded for nearly 24 hours in freezing temperatures along an impassable stretch of interstate south of Washington, D.C. The problems began Monday morning. A truck jackknifed on Interstate 95. What does jackknifed mean? It it's, just means it flipped over? No, jackknife is whenever the trailer uh, like turns so much that it hits the back of the vehicle. Oh, so it like turns the side. Because yeah. you never hear the word jackknife about literally anything except for... It can happen if you're like backing up a trailer and aren't doing it the right way. Okay. Like you would hit the trailer. I've only heard it in this response of like a car wreck in the middle of the interstate. That seems to be the only time it happens. Uh, lanes in both directions became blocked across a 40-mile stretch uh, north of Richmond. Uh, this is insane. 
a woman and her husband, which there are a lot of consonants in this name. I'm not going to try <laughs> to pronounce it. Were roughly 100 feet past an exit, but could not move for 16 hours. No quote. Not one police officer came in the 16 hours we were stuck. No one came. It was just shocking. Being in the most advanced country in the world, no one knew how to even clear one lane for all of us to get out of that mess. I know how they could have gotten a police officer to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Told them they were at the Cheesecake Factory, giving them the address to where they were. They would have showed up. Uh, that's just beyond, like, it's easily the one of the most, like, I have, like, chills thinking about if I had gotten stuck in that. 16. Particularly like, with my kids in the backseat. Could you imagine what that you would, would be like? You would get out and be the revenant at that point. Oh, and you yeah. would walk to... Oh, the, my car is... <laughs> take, take the car. Like I, I'm not sitting here. 16 hours? Well, where are you going to the bathroom? You're just getting out and going I'll tell you snow? where you're going to the bathroom. Yeah, you're going right... You're opening the car door and you're going right there. You have no choice. <laughs> nothing to eat. Nothing to... I mean, you can't, you know... Crazy, and this is. I know, like, uh, I have friends in northern Pennsylvania, and they have like emergency car kits where they'll have you know crackers and water and stuff like that. Sure, I don't, I don't think people in Virginia are going <laughs> to no, be doing that. No, we're going to have to be doing it soon enough. Yeah, I mean, you don't want, you want to keep the carjackers fed <laughs> if they take your car. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, that wraps up. It was great to be back. Thank you also very very much for listening. Uh, of course, like, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. God damn it, leave a comment. We haven't had one in quite some time. A review. A review, a view, a good review, a five-star review, and then tell us how funny we are. Uh, and and everybody loves this show. Uh, we do. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Please tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, try not to catch COVID here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, thank you all very much. We will talk to you next week right here. Polk and Kush. See ya.